Welcome to Work, Rest and Pay. In this podcast, we look at the future of work and pay through the lenses of both employers and employees, and we explore practical scenarios and potential innovative ways forward. I'm your host, Laura Whipfler. Today, we're discussing the role of data in organisational design decisions in the COVID era in which we find ourselves in. We'll take a look at how big HR and payroll data, and even some other data that's now available to employers due to remote working, could help crunch crucial numbers and predict trends to support the critical decisions that we have at this time. Joining me to discuss this is Rakesh Chopra, Senior Transformation Manager at Allianz Global. Hello, Rakesh. You're very welcome to this podcast. Hello, Rob. And we also have Jeff Phipps back today, General Manager at ADP UK. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Laura. Good to see you. So, workforce planning. It has definitely become tougher, um, especially for certain industries in the times we find ourselves in. In that context, um, I'd love to go back to some of the fundamentals around data and also get your views on whether this perhaps is finally the year when the sort of power of employee data and analytics proves itself worthy of significant investment and attention. So turning firstly to you, Rakesh, could you set the scene for us and share with listeners what the type of data is that we're talking about here typically, and perhaps um, talk to us about how this could help in the context of the pandemic? Thank you, Laura. I think at the very basic level, I think we all know that we need data to make informed decisions. Speed, accuracy, interpretation, all of these features are very key and even more relevant in the case of a pandemic. Um, when we talk about employee data, you know, I think it's important to consider that an organization is nothing but a sum total of its employees. So the type of data we really need depends on the responses you want your employees to provide. Responses, you know, to an emergency situation, a crisis situation, responses towards, you know, how to actually manage it to, to medium term, and then finally focusing on the future, i.e. the new normal. So, you know, um, the, the dilemma that I think most of the organizations are facing is they have to survive before they can thrive, but they need data to be able to do that effectively. When I say, you know, emergency responses, it's mainly data that you need to understand the current status, the well-being of the workforce, you know, and that includes pretty much, you know, everything from location, from assignments, their health status, the infrastructure, you know, the support they need to be able to continue with their um, daily jobs. But then in terms of the provision of critical services, establishing, first of all, you know, what the critical roles are, the critical um, tasks are, because they may not be the same as critical roles. So I think it's important to identify, you know, the difference between the two. At the same time, you know, make sure that the business can keep afloat. So we need data for that. And, you know, um, finally, looking ahead, you know, almost um, making sure that we understand um, where we see ourselves going forward. Um, and that includes, you know, um, a bucket load of decisions, you know, from something as um, simple as, you know, where we are finding out where we are overstretched, 
you know, versus we have it quite so we can redeploy to making sure that the organization design is fit for the future. And that can only happen if you have the data available to do that. Thank you for that, that overview. Um, some of that touches on, I suppose, the, the data that maybe you're already collecting or organizations are collecting, um, but potentially also, I suppose, new data. Um, Jeff, I wonder, you know, is, is there sort of this pot of potential new <clears throat> intelligence that we now have due to sort of the technology of workers um, working from home? I, I think um, with every sort of, you know, we, we have seen a big change and we've got, it doesn't feel like a temporary change because a lot of us have been working from home, certainly office-based people have been working home from what feels like a long time now. Uh, other industries have carried on and they've they've adapted, but, but, we've, but they've changed. I'm going to call it a, a temporary period because I think we are living through a pandemic and we all hope and, and pray that, that that pandemic will will disappear and be, be in the rear view mirror as soon as possible. But the consequence is there is going to be um, some, some, there are definitely going to be changes. I don't see that we're going to just go back to the way that we, we were beforehand. Quite what those changes are going to be yet is difficult to tell. Um, people have lots and lots of different views. I hear lots of different views on these things. But we certainly have different, um, to Rakesh's point about, and I, I love his point about, you know, with some of the, the people that we have working working for us rather than the company is just the, you know, essentially it's, it's the brand, it's the name on the, on the door, but it's the people that make the business. And certainly we've got different data points than we may have had before, but I think those being opportunity, but also I would say some caution as well. I was talking with a, a friend actually who was concerned about just what data was being collected and was you know, every, every, you know, he, he was under the view that every um, interaction was being recorded and analyzed, you know, could be analyzed. And, uh, you know, the, the, whereas in the past, you, you didn't feel that there was a sort of secret camera that was sort of prying on every meeting or every conversation you were having. And so I think, um, you know, yes, we can get data, but I think we have to think carefully about uh, how we build that data, um, how we work with our our employees because that we are the sum of what they do so that they feel that that's something that they are aware of i think the idea of some of this stuff turning into either sort of some form of big brother type thing where people are spying on you has got a lot of potential dangers not aside from privacy but there's also how people will feel if they they feel that that that's being used in the wrong way we've often talked about this pandemic as being you know Everyone's in the same storm, but people are in different boats. So the the fact that you know, um, you know, we were ahead of this call. We were talking about you know, Rakesh's sort of bandwidth challenges because of homeschooling, etc. You know, whereas others may not be in that situation. So we've got to be we've got to we've got to be careful about circumstances. We've got to be careful about trust. We've got to be careful about privacy, and we've got to I think work with those um, as openly as we possibly can, so that we're we're sharing with our employees what we're doing and the reasons for it. Fully agree to you know what Jeff said there. I think you know um, the original data privacy and protection principles they still apply. You know, um, keeping things transparent, making sure we have complete clarity on what we are collecting data for, and it's used for the purpose it's collected for, and having the flexibility you know to ensure that if if you know um, employees have reservations or concerns, where still you know they they do not want, you know, organizations to collect certain type of data that has to be respected. So I think, yeah, you know, striking a balance is key, you know, um, 
otherwise it would just yeah um not work um it has to it has to you know um be a case where things are transparent between the employees and the employer mm. i think certainly as well as an employee you know you sort of get a little bit paranoid because you are aware in your sort of consumer world of you know uh sort of various i suppose social media platforms collecting your data um you know um alexa etc and i had like my hd camera on on my computer here it's got a blue light and the other day actually my husband came in he goes do you realize that's recording i was like it's not recording it's definitely not recording it's like paranoid about this stuff yeah yeah so i think yeah exactly people are more aware as well i guess of what could be potentially happening okay well moving on um slightly then to um back to rakesh in terms of alliance and what you're able to share with us i know that you've undergone sort of some massive transformation programs in this area and it would be fantastic to hear a little bit about that and the sort of data visualization that you've managed to to implement and and i guess as well you know any immediate lessons that were learned along the way yeah and pleased to share that um you know at least core i don't think hr transformation at allianz is any different from other major transformation programs within this space you know the focus is pretty much on simplification of roles, structures, establishing single source of data, making it easy to use when making decisions. But you know, the key focus from the beginning has been on enhancing the, the user experience. And when I say users, it's not just HR, it's also our end users, our employees and managers within the organization, making sure that you know we can support HR in moving from just being a support function to getting a seat at the board. And honestly, we didn't predict COVID. You know, I'd be lying if I said we did. But when we when we look back on some of the decisions we made around the transformation journey, I think this is something that we definitely needed. We wouldn't have survived without having uh, a proper transformation within this space if we were to, you know, take on um, the current crisis situation. So in terms of visualizations, you know, again, you know, um, going back to the point I made about the type of data, I think it's important that the visualizations give you the information you need to be able to plan your responses accordingly. So responses in terms of a crisis situation, you should be able to see composition of employees based on your location, assignments, health status, infrastructure, basically everything that you need to be able to take um, informed decisions. Uh, but aside from you know the tools, it's also quite key that we establish the standards around accuracy and speed, because um, it's not just a visualization, I suppose it's also you know um, how you get there. Um, it's equally important. And having the flexibility to slice and dice the data and build models to create readiness for possible outcomes. And a perfect example in this case will be organization design. If you have the capability, and I think this is something that we definitely tried to achieve with an alliance, if you have the capability to model, remodel your organization design, it definitely helps you, you know, makes you better prepared for making decisions on most an essential service that HR needs to provide to the business functions in this day and age. Okay, but bringing you in there, Jeff, I know you, you love a graph and a predictive 
graph attached to it. It goes with the territory, I'm afraid. <laughs> Is there anything you, you would add to, to that? I mean, it's interesting to hear um, accuracy of data, something that, that came out loud and clear there from Rakesh, um, and compiling it all together, um, you know, that integration. Yeah, I think one thing we, we perhaps don't talk about here, we, we often get into data and we think about it at an organisational level. And one of the things I'm really curious about is whether we can use it better on an individual level. So, you know, I think, um, you know, we, we have a uh, we have a tool that allows us to check in um, digitally on our phones, et cetera, every week. And the idea is, is just, you know, but I find that it's a really powerful reflective tool. And I think that the, for me, at least, the benefit of that is probably 70 percent for me and 30 percent for for my for my boss. And um, I, I'm curious about that in the world that we're in now, you know. Do we have the potential that would actually allow you to have data that will um, will help you in some of the things you're trying to do? So for arguments, you know, for example, if maybe you're worried about whether you're participating enough in meetings, if you've got in group meetings, could you be given data that doesn't necessarily need to be shared with your managers? Because could just be your own personal insights that could say, well, in that last meeting, you know, you talked three percent of the time amongst eight people um or uh, another one might be uh you know things like uh, listening skills so um you know can, could it actually look at your you maybe your um the degree to which you're or even in this world we're learning to communicate you know where we're, we're sort of staring at rectangles on the screen and not always staring at the, the so have we got our eye contact right so I, I wonder if there are sort of like actual individual ways that we can use data that we wouldn't previously have access to. So I think um, there's sort of like, I'm curious about coaching elements of it that we could use it at a personal level rather than as a an, an organizer, organization as a whole. So I think, um, yeah, I, I think that's the only, that's the only thing I, I would kind of maybe kind of highlight or, or add to what Rakesh was saying there. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I really couldn't agree more there. I think you're, you're absolutely right there because I think it's equally about enhancing employee engagement, employee experience, you know, focusing on the skills they, they need to bring to the table. For example, there's a lot of talk about, you know, moving away from just efficiency to resilience. You know, that's one of the qualities you need in your employees if you are to, if you are to stand in a crisis situation as an organization. So, you know, it's really key that we have data around employee engagement, um, you know, ways and means to capture that, ways and means to analyze, strengthen, you know, some of those aspects. Um, and another example is probably humanizing work, I would say. There's a lot of talk about that, yeah. people working from home, you know, overstretched, um, where, you know, they will need some further support. I think you can't really get to that without having the tools and, and capability to capture and analyze the data. And, and I think on that one, actually, Rakesh, one of the ones I'm interested in is um, as we talk about this this new normal and more flexibility, um, I think it's interesting. I've had conversations with with colleagues and other sort of business leaders where you know people, I think, potentially are jumping the gun a little bit. So they're going, oh, we're going to allow our people to work from home two or three days a week, for example. And, and in the conversations I have with some of the some of our team at ADP people will go well that's not necessarily what I want Jeff maybe what I want is the ability to start earlier or later or a you know again when when schools go back um I re it'd be really good if I could just stop at three go and get the kids from school ha and have an hour and a half whatever it might be to deal with them and then work uh, you know fill that time in at another time so 
my question around which i really feel data is going to help on is how can we how can we use the data to, to ensure we can really give deliver on that flexibility ask while still meeting the requirements of the clients and other employees so we can still we don't have a productivity hit there so it could be you know really trying to match together are there other clients that want to work in a similar time frame as that person that we could match them with and how can data help us to sort of piece together those things that that really help make um give deliver on that flexibility that people i think probably wanted prior to this pandemic but i think that what's happened will give us an opportunity to accelerate change that may 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 have taken a lot longer or, or may never have happened at all so i think that could be a really interesting development in terms of sort of practical steps um just sort of turning back back to you rakesh with sort of all this experience under your belt pandemic or no pandemic um you know what are sort of the first steps is 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 this whole thing just something that just absolutely you know would cost an employer the world to get right? Is it, you know, a large scale investment from the word go? Or are there sort of um, smaller steps that can be taken? Yeah, I think um, the answer to this question lies in the word practical. I think it has to, the investment of time or money on this piece has to be proportionate to the size and the scale of the organisation as well as the benefits you derive from the investment. There are definitely key first steps um, that always help. And I cannot stress enough. I think this probably applies to every kind of transformation. You have to have the mindset. If you don't have the mindset, you know, and regardless of the tools, technologies you wish to deploy, nothing would work. So creating the mindset, making sure that people understand why this is required. You know, why do we need to be data driven? You know, what do we look for for when we have, you know, um, the data? Where to find it? you know, how to use it, it's just so important, um, almost a necessity at this stage, I would say. So creating the mindset then, making it simple, you know, making sure that you start from something very basic, you know, to ensure that you understand your processes, um, you standardize them, make sure that, you know, the data is accurate. Um, you know, we're not um, doing stuff just for the sake of doing it. Um, we question ourselves um where you know we need to create um data where we where we don't need to create data for example and i think these are some very basic questions but you know certainly something that organizations can start asking themselves and it doesn't cost an arm uh, an arm and a leg to do that but it's a prerequisite for further investment and finally you know um very important is clarity on vision you have to have very yeah. clear goals and what you're trying to achieve there you know, incremental milestones to achieve them as well um, is, is pretty important in this day and age. And on, on that sort of vision, uh, you know, is that something that, you know, you work on sort of across lots of departments or does that sort of start in the HR department or what, what does that look like in terms of creating that, that vision? Because as we say, we could do so much, so much data, but it's really, I suppose, drilling down on what it is that you want to do with it and what first steps to take. I think it works that it probably is required at both levels. You know, so, you know, equally, I think I feel people who are responsible for um, processing, you know, the data, they need to have clarity on all of these areas. But, you know, at the same time, people responsible for using it, making use of the data, you know, um, to get to decisions, I think they need to have clarity on this as well. So I think 
the two need they, they I think the two sides need to come together on this. There's no absolutely no doubt about that. But I think it has to start with a vision. Um you have to have, you know, um clarity on the vision. And sometimes, you know, you have to develop um the vision together with your stakeholders to achieve that. Um yeah. but um I can't stress enough they have to be both sides the doers and the users. <laughs> Getting that initial buy-in. Um. Well, on that buy-in part, what I where I sometimes see organisations go wrong, and I, I, I'm going to say I've experienced this, you know, in the in the in the distant pre-ADP past, but when I've seen this in the in the past go wrong, is where you'll get somebody senior um, who wants to drive some change, um, but really doesn't think about how to take the whole team on that journey with them. And so, you know, almost a case of, you know, you know, I think that that's, you know, that mindset part that Rakesh talked about, you know, is really about, you know, not not just sort of telling people this is what we're going to do, but making sure that it truly makes sense to them and they can see their role in it and they can see, you know, why why and how it impacts them and how they're going to do it. I hear a lot of people say people are, fearful of change and we look at the change curves and all of that that stuff to me um i don't think people are fearful of change at all and i think if you look at what's happened over the last year we've we've all you know we've all seen a dramatic change to our lives and um you know i think we can ask ourselves why we've gone along with those changes but you know in one way shape or form we've we've seen it as a necessity to make those changes and and they've been quite dramatic Indeed, I think we were talking about how long would it have been if we decided to get, we've got all of our people at, you know, ADP, you know, around the world working from home. How long would that have taken if we'd have set it out as a project without, you know, that this, it would have, you know, would have taken, you know, uh, months and months to do something like that. We'd have had test groups and feedback sessions and things of that nature. And we just had to get on. So the change can be affected really well when there's the motivation to do it. So I think it's really about making sure that that motivation exists and thinking about that, not just at the executive level, but thinking about that uh, right across as, you know, as Rakesh said, right across the whole spectrum of stakeholders um but in my case i think in particularly making sure that all of your employees you know get it buy into it and understand their role in in making it happen yeah sure and i suppose that leads us um on to sort of the, the final part of this podcast which is sort of looking ahead i mean we've spoken about that already but you know rakesh from from your perspective you know do you have any predictions around where the where this whole area is headed and what what big opportunities are in the next 12 months and beyond in this area? I think definitely within Allianz and personally as well, I think for me, this area is definitely headed um, towards delivering strategic organisational benefits and insights. And um, we need, you know, no doubt, we need a more structured framework for that. But then, you know, it's really important that we have that in place um, than just providing emergency responses. With the right data, I feel, organizational um, modeling capability, you know, is there. And then finally, they can do um, best, you know, in adapting and addressing responses, um, both at the same time, really, um, and not just, you know, um, individually. I just feel that despite the current crisis, organizations have the power to make their people feel potent, make, you know, um, empower them to deliver a transformational culture. And I think that's really key. I think that's really what is there to adapt and thrive. A final word from you, Jeff, on uh, sort of your, your predictions. Well, I, 
I only have a basic framework for how I'm thinking about the, you know, this new normal that we talked about. And um, there's three elements to it. The first one is physical space, whether that be at home or in the office. We've learned a lot about how people can, you know, work better or not work better as a result of the 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 environment that they find themselves in going through this. So I think that we can look at where people have benefited from having um, uh, quiet space that they might not have previously had. What are the implications of that for the physical space in the office? So I think we should think about physical space as being a, a combination of, of, of all the places you could work. I certainly feel in our case, we'll be looking uh, to have, you know, a much higher proportion of um, of hot desking and or my, I'll say my prediction because I'll be driven by the data that Rakesh has talked about. My prediction will be we'll see more hot desking, we'll see more hot collaboration space, um, but we'll also see quiet space in the office because I think it's impractical for people to go, you know, backwards and forwards to and from their home where they may have where they may have had some quiet space. Not in every case. Um, so I think that physical is physical space is one area I'm looking at it. Um, flexibility at an employee level, and so what is the right flexibility for um, for individuals, but then how do you uh, combine that? So how do you get that flexibility working across teams so that we get the right uh, business outcomes? And the third area that I'm I'm particularly interested in, uh, and I think is getting least coverage at the moment, is how do we manage in a uh, a flexible environment, both from that physical and that uh, flexible time that people are working. And I really hope that this is the the opportunity to put the sort of final nail in the the whole somewhat still got its its basis in the sort of Victorian era, I fear, which is that, you know, I think organizations still have elements of being time focused rather than being uh, contribution focused. And by that, I still think there are a lot of managers that are, you know, looking at their watch if someone gets in at 10 past nine or or, or wants to leave at five instead of 5.30. And I think I really hope that we can drop that and move to much more of a, I know some companies are already there, but I would like it to happen much more across all industries where we're really saying we're going to judge you on your contribution, not on you know, not on the time you arrive and leave, but by what you actually do and set up our, our contracts and our ma whole management regime to be focused on on how that happens. That would, I think that would be a great outcome out of this. That last one is a, a whole new data collection type, <laughs> um, yeah. potentially quality. Behave let's just say behavior, behavior, behaviors and data, you know, do often go together. But I think, uh, yeah, the two of them are going to have to change dramatically, I think. And Rakesh, any final words from you before we finish up? Yeah, I can't. I can't stress enough that you know um, this is something that is going to stay with us. I think not not the COVID piece. I mean, but you know the the flexibility in the working pattern. The whole work mm -hmm. model is changing and will continue to move in that direction. Has been heavily accelerated by the crisis situation, by the prolonged crisis situation. And I think it is here to stay. So I think it's really important that organizations understand their data needs, um, put strategies in place to ensure they're able to collect, make use of the data in the way they want to, and then, you know, um, take their employees um, and their stakeholders through this journey. I think that has to be, um, that has to be one of the key elements um, of the overall strategy in the organizations. Great. Well, thank you so much for your insight, Rakesh, and also Jeff. That's it for today. Thanks for, for joining us and thanks for listening. Until next time, talk to you soon. <laughs>